Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So we have a treat today. We have Erica DeLong, who is the morning radio's sweetheart. And in our area, she is the co-host of Bob and the Showgram. And she's going to talk to us about being a sexually positive woman. Yeah, that's right. I'm positive that I love sex. <laughs> that's good, right? Awesome. <laughs> Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. So today, Erica, thank you so much for being here. Erica is the co-host of a huge morning show. I mean, it's gigantic. We're right? usually your... our guest on the show, so I'm oh. like, it's cool to come to your you know, stomping ground. I know. It's so it's so good to have you. And I think what I'm excited about, first of all, I want to tell everybody who you are, you know, and they can find you on iHeartRadio, right? Yep. And they just look for Bob and the Showgram. Bob and right? the Showgram, or I'm on any social media outlet, at Erica D. Long. Very simple. If you ever have any questions about radio or whatever it might be, yeah. I'm available. Yeah. And you also are a red carpet interviewer. Yeah. For the Oscars. Uh, You've been the going through my industry. website. <laughs> I have the Tony Awards. You were the New York Fashion Week. Girl, you're my a big time. My biggest job is mommy, though. Your biggest job. That's my job favorite job. Yeah. That is so nice. Two beautiful babies. Yep. But you are suffering all the stress, right? You're working full time and then some. You suffer the stress of being a mommy of two babies, and you still have maintained this sex-positive attitude, which you do talk about on the air, and that's why I was so excited to have you. Um, So we call you a sexual pursuer. My husband may not love it, but he's so used to me being open that he's like, oh, whatever. There she goes again. (laughs) Well, so in a dynamic, most of the time, one partner is kind of more of the chaser, and the other one backs up more. Mm -hmm. And you've talked about that you love sex and that you you know, are open about that, that's really unusual for women, especially to say it out loud, you know, to say it on the air for crying out loud. That's amazing. I've always been like very sexual. I only had a few partners in my life Mm -hmm. that were like, you know, long-term relationships, but it was, I had a horrible philosophy. Put out or get out. That sounds so horrible, but that's kind of like the mentality <laughs> to put it in. Is that something? Look, y'all's eyes are like, oh my gosh. No, but that's what you but, thought about with your male partners. But put yes, but like, I mean, I've had long-term boyfriends, and and that would be, you know, it was always sexual because it was. I don't know. It would bring us together. Yeah, and it was. It was how. It was your love language, right? Right. right. Physical intimacy, sexuality, <laughs> is how you connect. Yep. And I think that there are so many male listeners who probably dominantly, 75% of men are the sexual pursuers, but they're often the emotional distancers in their relationships. And the women are often the emotional pursuers, so they want more talking time, intimacy, closeness, but they're not as interested in the bedroom. So there is kind of this split in our culture about that. So is it weird that I feel both? I feel like I'm emotional. Well, no, it is not weird. 
Okay, because I'm both those, the emotional pursuer and the sexual pursuer. Right. So you're congruent, basically. You are both both okay. the, uh, the same direction in terms of going towards your partner, wanting from your partner, right. presenting, initiating, seducing, and wanting time together, talking, and deeper intimacy, right? Right. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, girl. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> well, that's why you're an expert, and we see you on TV, and you got books and everything else. But but I feel for you, and I think that you know it's hard though. It is hard, and, and it's hard when you're with your group of girlfriends. They're like, oh, he's got to touch me again. I'm so sick of him, and I'm like, yeah, I wish mine would want to touch me more. Right. You know. Right. In the cocktail party, and they're like, oh, he's always pawing at me. Right. And, and you're just standing there silent, right? Because like, yeah, I'm anybody... the power. <laughs> so. <laughs> you're the power. So but. tell us how you grew up with such a positive attitude about sex that you could express yourself this way and, and let yourself feel it. I honestly, I don't know because this, I don't even remember having the birds and bees conversation with my parents. Mm-hmm. I don't, but I was always very honest and open with my parents. So my first encounter was my high school sweetheart. And we also dated in college. And we had waited for a long time, but we finally did it. And I remember the only conversation with my parents is my mom says, I smell sex on you. I was oh, like, Mom, wow. you know how moms are. She knows wow. everything. Such a such an intimate, kind of invasive, if you will, yes. way to say it to you. And that was her way of tricking right. me. I was like, no, you don't. How? And then she said, because you just told me. But that was kind of like how we started our conversation about that. But really... I don't remember how it all started. So once she said that, go back to that moment. Did she help you? Did she encourage you? Did she talk well, we about had been what dating, to expect? Or? I had been dating that boy for about a year and a half at that point, And I, had, I was right at the 18-year-old mark, I think. And she just, I don't know. She really didn't say a lot because I was a very good kid. Uh-huh. And so she didn't have to worry about me trying to get pregnant or anything like that because my mom was focused on school. So I don't really recall... And I don't know if this is helpful, but I don't recall, like, all the talks that we're trained to do with our kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. And even sex ed in school, I I vaguely remember that. So that's why I don't know how I became a dominant person when it comes to the pursuer in the relationship. Yeah, I mean, that's actually that's amazing that you kind of did it with so little support and help from your parents or the culture because we know the culture is... I mean, what are parents supposed to do? Are they supposed to... I mean, they told me to be protective, but I was more focused on sports at school and things like that, so I don't recall... So, I mean, I think that, you know, it's a long conversation with our children about that should start at the very beginning. You know, the birds and the bees as this is, you know, all your different parts and and a sense of giving your body to yourself from your parents. I think that certainly, yes, in young adulthood or in teenage years, there are two messages. One, right. One is protective, but the other is pleasure. Like this is this is the way your body is supposed to feel good. You know, it doesn't actually make kids promiscuous when their parents tell them about orgasm and tell them that their body is supposed to feel good it turns out it actually dials down promiscuity especially for girls when the message comes from the mother where she's open and talks about it with a sense of positivity it actually makes girls feel in control right it isn't some boy who gave her an orgasm it's like she already knew she could have one right she owned her body the only weird thing, which I've never admitted to anybody before. Oh, is, my gosh. <laughs> I've never admitted this. I don't even know if I want to share it. Well, we but can edit out, too. <laughs> I don't even know. I've really never told anybody this. I don't even think I told my mom. But when I was younger, I had a reoccurring dream a few times that I hooked up with Crocodile Dundee. 
And I don't know that why. Is crazy funny. And this is before I was anywhere near any kind of sexual yeah. phase in my life. Uh-huh. Again, I was like 18, so I didn't mess around with a lot of boys. I just don't right. know where that came from. So maybe from the time I was born, I just had this little gene in me that was like, <laughs> she's going to love sex. I don't know. <laughs> that is so I'm really glad I admitted you know, that do, on a podcast. I That's great. I'm so glad you did. That is so funny. <laughs> but, you know, kids actually do have fantasies, sexual fantasies. And, and many times it like primes their pattern. You know, I mean, okay. here's, well, I he's was hooking this, up with Crocodile Dundee. He's <laughs> so. this hero figure, right? Alt, you know, ultra masculine, all that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, that was kind of like you were maybe destined okay. <laughs> to be a that sexually positive. That feels weird that I just put that out there, but it's fun. <laughs> I think that's fabulous. Okay. I really do. I think it's fabulous that, I mean, that we can even talk about children thinking about sex. Right. Because many times parents want to believe, no, 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 no. You know, they're, they're only sexual, you know, Later on, Do right? Do kids when even 30. realize like what they're thinking? So I have a three-year-old son, and I'm sure at some point he's going to think things. Or he's always like, Mommy, you're so beautiful. I know it's not put together, but eventually, do you think they think things not realizing what it means? Yeah, I think they think things and don't realize what it means. I mean, kids are wide open to sensuality. Yeah. And, you know, they, they feel those feelings, but they don't connect it with sexuality. Okay. Sometimes parents freak out. When they find their child masturbating because they're like, oh, they're becoming sexual. Not really. They're just becoming stimulated. They know the feeling. You know, so we want to help them own their body and take pleasure in it. But that doesn't really mean that they're destined to be to to be worried about. We don't need to worry about them. They're just their body is their body. And they find out this feels good and this doesn't. So, yeah. So, no, I don't think that particularly even necessarily meant something sexual, even though it might have been sexually arousing. I mean, mm-hmm. lots of times, it, the weird thing is, is sex dreams sometimes mean something else, and other right. dreams mean things about sex. But I think it's a Well, I never told anybody fantasy. that because I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't think they want them to think I was molested by somebody or something like right. that, you know, because it felt like a weird dream, which at the time I didn't even know where it came from. But when I got older, I was like, oh, my gosh, well, I don't Crocodile want people Dundee to think that. He was hot. I think you I know? saw him on TV, and I don't and, know. And you probably felt the tension between him and the, the leading lady. I can't remember what her name was. but See, I don't even remember her. Yeah. I just remember him yeah. in that white shirt but and that his was, hat. That was really sexy. So, tell you know, you go to all of these shows and things like that. How do you manage to, like, keep up your self-image? There's so much pressure for women, I think, you, you know, you counter that. Uh, you're a beautiful woman. Uh, those of you who will put Erica on our website, oh. right? Can't we do that? She's just a beautiful woman. Thanks. And Y'all I've are beautiful seen, women, too. Oh, thank you. I've seen you somewhat on the runway. I've seen a few snaps of that, and you just look gorgeous. But how do you manage? <laughs> how, how do you manage in this high-pressure setting to, like, you know, maintain and still like I'm barely getting by I don't even feel like I'm maintaining I feel like a mess most days you just fake it till you make it but in okay so then but you in the bedroom you're still good you like you take I'm that. very insecure in the bedroom even Are though I'm you? the more dominant one I'm very insecure about my body yes oh, very okay. but okay. that doesn't stop me from anything it's just that I think because of my insecurities and the fact that I'm the pursuer that makes even more Um, stress on the situation because I feel very unwanted yeah okay let's come back after the break and talk about sort of how how to manage that right that feelings of rejection and how your self-image plays into this because I think that's hard a lot of women will identify with it especially sexually pursuing women will identify with 
yeah, but sometimes I still don't feel so great about myself. And then if there's rejection on top of it, right. they make things up about that. So that is awesome that you brought it up. We'll okay. talk about that in a minute. So we want to remind all of you that we are thankful for the way you've shared the podcast. We continue to grow. It is our greatest honor when you share with a friend the work that we're doing in trying to help people uh, reframe their sexual life in a way that is understandable and not so mysterious so that they can make positive changes and strengthen their marriages and their partnerships. And I think the last thing we'd like to say is both of us are doing intensives. Um, Our summer schedules are getting filled up. So if you would like to work with us, let us know and call our centers. You can find us at foreplayradiosextherapy.com. And if you like what we're doing and want to help support us, we'd love for you to rate and review us on iTunes. Be super helpful for us. So thanks for listening. So we are back with Erica DeLong from G105, America's sweetheart in the morning. And what you were saying just a little bit ago about how um, you are a sexual pursuer and it complicates your body self-image because sometimes when you get that no and that rejection, you take, you internalize it into yourself because you said, I do struggle. Right. Even though you're this beautiful woman, glamorous places, you look glamorous all the time. And you still struggle, and you struggle in the bedroom with self-consciousness, which right. I think so many of our listeners are going to say, oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah, like on the outside, people are like, oh, it seems together. But on the mm-hmm. inside, I kind of die some days, if you want to put it that way, because I do feel like, not I don't want to say not good enough, but you know, when I'm pursuing my husband and maybe I'm rejected because he's tired, I don't understand that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just, I've gotten fat, or I didn't snap back after having a kid, or what am I doing wrong? Or, you know, who knows what it might be? Or my boobs too saggy. Like there's all these Mm. things that pop into my head. Yeah. So you, what you take inside is a message that it's about your body. Right. And I think that a lot of men too, who are sexually rejected also ask themselves, well, is it because I'm not attractive enough? Right. You know, I think it's, you know, our culture is so big on women being so attractive, you know, ultra fit. I mean, these stars who come back and they're uber fit after baby. I, like I don't know how they after, do that. Yeah. That's crazy. That's not real. I don't know. You know, there and was I a time in, lapse or something. I, I know in reality, it's not that with my husband because, you know, we're going on our fourth year of marriage. But we've been together a decade. I know it's not that. So I'm I'm phasing out of that. But uh-huh. now I'm just kind of like, what can we do to close this gap? Right. Because it's like I went from self-doubt to now I'm angry to, well, I'm going to stop caring eventually. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm going to describe that for our peeps. You know, basically what Erica is saying is she's been the pursuer and then she got mad, critical, angry, and now she's kind of a given up pursuer. She's she's backing off more hopeless, really, in terms of, okay, I, I haven't been able to make this change. Right. Um, have you noticed anything in your partner? Like, does he notice that more given up place in you? I don't know if now, because we have a new baby that was in the NICU, so it was just a lot going on. So I don't uh, know stressful. if we're just both so exhausted that maybe he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if he that hasn't stands noticed. out. He hasn't noticed. Yeah. And that's the biggest fear. And that's fear. why it feels unnoticed. Right. Because if I were to bring it up, it, it doesn't seem off to him, but I'm like... This is not the connection that I'm yearning for. Like right. I need deeper than what we're having right now. Mm-hmm. You need that intimacy, right. both emotionally and sexually, right. to feel secure. And that's 
that's what happens in sexuality is it actually for especially for those of us who are like feel the body as the avenue to connection Mm -hmm. it makes us feel deeply secure when we are secure we're able to tolerate a lot more distance ironically you know it's like yeah as long as we know we're good our partner can go off and do their thing and you know we'll be okay but when there is that fragileness to the right. relationship, it just reinforces, oh, maybe maybe we can't get together. Maybe we won't get together. And that's scary. And I think when the sex is off, at least for me, it bleeds into other parts of the relationship. And so I feel like everything goes haywire when there's no sex. Absolutely. Like it just feels <laughs> like that's the root. That and your money, which uh, we're both smart financially. So the sex is the root of our evil, so to speak. Uh-huh. It just bleeds out. That's the place that you have for this tug of war. For him, he's like, oh, it's fine. But for me, it's like th- this is an issue. Mm-hmm. Does he ever talk about his perspective? Like, does he feel like he's drowning in sexual requests or? Because I've been critical, it pushes him further. Because uh-huh. I, I become like, what's the problem? And I guess I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I know there are other women, but I, I feel critical about it because I'm kind of angry. Mm-hmm. There, there are a lot of people so. listening to this podcast cheering. I just want you to know okay. because, <laughs> okay. because I think that's the problem is our culture. We don't talk about it that much, especially yeah. we don't talk about it as women sexual right. pursuers. So you can feel really alone. But there are a lot of women just like this who do feel angry, do feel rejected and feel hurt. So this is the challenge. The sexual pursuer has to contain their anxiety about not getting enough. Okay. That doesn't mean that you stop asking. Actually, stopping asking is a bad strategy. I'll tell you that. Okay. Uh, Because often sexual distancers, they, they don't feel the body as a path. So if you stop asking, sex will just stop. So, but learning to ask and be direct about it without anger is really important. Like, I mean, I would, you've probably done some of this already, but going to him and saying, look at, this is my love language. This is how I feel connected. Can we connect every Saturday? Right. You know, do you, have you, even though nobody particularly likes scheduled sex, Mm -hmm. knowing that it's coming once a week and that there's time set aside for it, would he do that? Do you think? He would. And... (laughs) My husband is amazing, so I'm not dissing it. It feels like I am. But I think because it's not necessarily his love language, it'll be like, you ready to do it? And I'm like, okay. It's been forever, (laughs) and then you're going to say you want to do it. That is not the approach that I was looking for. So then it kind of starts this cycle where that one little spot we had scheduled then is just a flop. Okay, so so, so you, what you're saying is he acts like he's got to check the box. It's like a chore. Uh-huh, it's a chore. And that makes me mad because I and think it turns it's a you beautiful off. thing that should be natural between couples. Right. That's how I see it. Right. And it turns you off because right. you don't feel that sensuality coming from him, that seduction. Okay, so oftentimes you actually have to kind of shape your partner into the direction that they need to go. Right. So first of all, since you know that's a pattern, actually, because you know it's a pattern, you can change it. Okay. It's the things that catch us off guard that are harder to change. So this is like sit down at Sola Coffee some morning when you, you know, late morning when you get to sleep in for once in your life. Yeah. Uh, and you, you go to coffee and somebody watches the kids and you say, okay, I, I want to help you love me. And this is That's what I need from you. That's a good way to say it because it's not attacking. Right. Yeah. And it's not, you never do this, you don't do that. It's, start with the positive, like teach him gently. 
you know what, this is how I really love it. I love spending a time with you maybe on Saturday for like a couple of hours so that we're going to be intimate. Right. But what I really need from you is to come up behind me, slip your arms around me and kiss the back of my neck and say, you know, I want to make love to you. Okay, yeah. You know, just really spell it out. You would not believe how concrete some people are. And they need they need coaching. It's like they literally need you to be their coach. And I think if you have a partner who's a sexual distancer, spelling it out, you know, and if they get it with their heart, they can attempt to do that. Okay. Also, as a sexual pursuer, you got to take down anger. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's... It does make you angry when you don't get sex. Yeah, It does. Girls are yeah. feisty. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're feisty people. Absolutely. And it makes, I mean, it makes anybody angry when they lose that release, mm-hmm. you know, that sense of pleasure right. and the endorphins that come. Because don't you also notice the opposite? You know, when you have sex, especially if it's connected sex, you actually feel relaxed and connected again with your partner. And I feel super lovey. Yeah. And super him. lovey. And, right. you know, they don't do something that you want them to do. It's like, eh, that's okay, fine. That's yeah. fine. Right. Yeah. It's like a Xanax. You know, I really... should tell him that, too. Like, hey, have sex with me. It's like having Xanax it for is. me. Absolutely. You've also got to request directly. And, that, and that's what we've been talking about is don't give up requesting. But make okay. it positive and do it at a time that it's neutral. Okay. I think the other thing is, is this is the most difficult, is you got to accept a no and not take it personally. Okay. Like tell them, you know what, if you don't want to do it, if you really don't, you're not in the mood or whatever, it's fine to tell me no. And work really, really, really hard on not going away, licking your wounds. It's like, okay. This is a moment he's not into it. That's okay. As long, especially that's easier to endure if you have some pattern of regularity. You okay. Know? Because then I'm not saying that's the only time you might want sex. You might want sex on Tuesday night too. Right. You know, and you can tell him, um, does, you know, does he have any fears like I'm not going to please her or things like that? Uh, does he know how to please you? Are you asking me if my husband does? So yeah. I think he, so I always talk about how I'm a, a deep person with many mm-hmm. layers and he's like I don't know what you're talking about like he and he's told me that he's like please explain it to me and I don't really know how to put that into words mm-hmm. I try to give examples so he really wouldn't know I could tell him but I don't it feels like it's sometimes surface level and I'm mm-hmm. looking for a deepness you're, you're looking for something sense. in terms of conversation just the whole thing connection. is like a deep connection to me it's not just sex it's like a connection right so like orgasms you say most women do not orgasm. I do because I'm. Th- I can think it. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I can think. Girlfriend, you stood at the front of the line when God handed it out. <laughs> no, but you can think it if you're in the moment. I feel like you really can make it happen. You can. You can. And yeah, just for sorry. the record, women can actually have thought orgasms. And a guy friend of mine says, Lori. If men could do that, the world would, like, stop. And I don't you know, mean I could do it be by standing there, blink, there. Blink, blink, blink. But in the action, I usually can make that happen but because you, my you, mind is in the right You turn place. it on. Yeah. You turn your mind on. I don't just stand at the so grocery line and have an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun, but I don't. So. <laughs> but that is, that's awesome. Okay. Um, so are you reassuring to him? Do you, can you say to him, you know what? I got the, I got the goods. You do not have to worry about pleasing me. I can help you please me in the moment. You know, can you be really reassuring about, I just, 
I love being with you. I love you touching me in this way. Like offering him a lot of reassurance. You would not believe how insecure men are sometimes in the yeah. bedroom. I'm the culprit for probably a lot of the distance too because I'm not reassuring because I had I had been angry about it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. with the guidance of you and, you know, <laughs> just like I could definitely change that around and it would probably make a big difference. Yeah, I think that 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 helps, especially men have an ego about sex that women don't not that women don't get insecure about how they're doing in the bedroom, Mm -hmm. but often their security is how they're looking in the bedroom. Men's insecurity is more how they're performing in the bedroom. Right. And so if they have a partner who says, you know, love it, love that big thing for a sexual pursuer is to get out of bed and say that was fabulous and don't you know, say it could have been better or this is how I would have liked it more. Don't offer anything at that moment. Just like gold star, buddy. Okay. You got it. That was awesome. Done. And then just like zip it. Kind of treat it like a kid when they're doing their artwork. You're like, that's amazing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like a scribble line. <laughs> just not saying that your husband would you're, do a scribble. But you know, you're you just, shaping it yeah. into a direction. Right. Right. I mean, it encourages the kid to do art. Right. And so, you know, if you encourage your partner with sexual, you know, joy and exclamation, it encourages them to want to do sex. Okay, It's true. It's very true. Okay, well, you are amazing. You're a rock star in the world of radio and now in television. And I thank you so much for many things. Uh, I think especially... You know, as I've been a listener over the years and I've listened to your sex positive message for women, I I can't even tell you how grateful I am for that, for the women in our culture to hear that from another woman who, you know, celebrates sex and and talks about it. That is a huge gift that you are giving the world. So thank you for that. Okay, I didn't know, but thank you. Well, thank you for always being on our show and let me join you guys today. Yeah, thanks so much. You can now call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at 4Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.